0: Welcome to Sense and Sensibility, the Inflation Guy podcast. I am Michael Ashton. I am the Inflation Guy, and I am your host. And today we're going to talk about the monthly CPI report. Uh, but for, before I get started, I just a uh, little public service announcement. If you want to get any of this information in real time when I'm actually tweeting out uh, on the morning of CPI, um, then you can go to inflationguy.blog/shop. And you can uh, subscribe to my private Twitter feed and get those those private updates in real time. Uh, you can also at that at that site uh, subscribe to the quarterly inflation outlook um and um and for those of you who have a need for speed uh, these are probably uh, the 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 private Twitter feed is probably well worth it and um those, those of you who are, are just sort of generally interested in keeping an eye on inflation, um, then the quarterly is also probably a good investment for you, and I highly recommend it. I'm recommending myself, so that's uh, that's not terribly surprising. Um, one of the things that you do get with the, with the monthly CPI – Um, subscription is that on the morning of of CPI, as I go through all the the tweets and so on, I'm tweeting everything live. And then after that, I do sort of a live conference call where I kind of go through the data and answer questions and so on. And so that might be of use to value to some people. Uh, worth taking a look and I'd appreciate you taking a look. Now with today's number, um, so coming into today so let's let's reset sort of what the discussion is we're into 2023 now this is going to be the first data point for 2023 and the general belief out there in prognostication land is that inflation has now peaked and is going to be coming down and, um, and by the end of the year everything will be back to normal and the Fed has sort of hinted that there you don't they're not really totally sold on that idea yet, um, but the markets are. Uh, the inflation swap market has been pricing year-on-year inflation through June at something between 2.2 and 2.5 percent, which means that inflation is going to completely crash over the six, next six months. It's really hard to see how that happens, and uh, and as we go through today, I, I I think you'll I think you'll see what I mean. Um, I do think that it does seem like people are going to gradually or starting to gradually come around to the view that getting to two percent inflation in twenty twenty three is just it's it's probably a bridge too far. Uh, you'd need some amazing things to happen and rather quickly uh, to get it to 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 work out right. Now that doesn't necessarily mean the Fed has to keep tightening for the entire year. If we had inflation going in the right direction, then it is still perfectly reasonable for the Federal Reserve to to pause. But if you were hoping that inflation would crash down and the Fed would would go ahead and ease back to zero, that just ain't going to happen. You know, the Fed easing in 2023 would be would would really take sort of a calamity. Um, let's talk about today's figures. So the um, uh, going into the day, the consensus was for a headline inflation number of uh, up half a percent. Month on month and up uh, 0.4% month on month on, on core CPI uh, to bring the annual figures to 6.2 and 5.5, respectively. Now, it's January, so among other things, we had a re reweighting that tended to put more weight into the stickier categories um, and less weight in sort of the flexible categories like core goods. Um we, we've sort of known that was happening so that wasn't a terrible surprise but just you know uh, something to think about going into today and one of the reasons that the forecasts were as high as they were was that people were recognizing that even though these weight shifts are at the margin and I did a blog I did a podcast on this a couple of uh, podcasts ago um, number uh, number fifty one um, but at the margin, what that does is it moves to categories like rents that are going up, you know, seven or eight tenths of a percent a month. And so that tends to create a little bit of a higher number. But also people were – you know, there was some talk this month about uh, the Mannheim used car report um, that, uh, that was suggesting to some people that used cars would be a, a positive contribution to core inflation. Um, the change in Medicare prices, this, that, that just took effect, uh, Medicare isn't included in CPI because the government pays it. Consumers don't pay it. But when Medicare changes prices, it often changes prices for consumers as well. And so there's some suspicion that medical care would be, would be a positive bump. And so, and so the expectation of, of four tenths of a percent on core, um, was a little bit higher than I think a lot of observers really think sort of the run rate is. Now, I was a little bit on the, I was slightly higher. I was 0.42%. Um, I didn't think that used cars would be would be a contribution and there were some other differences, But um, but I was fairly close to consensus. Now, so when the number printed The NSA numbers, the non-seasonally adjusted number, was 0.8% month-on-month, which is pretty high, and and that wasn't priced into inflation swaps. It wasn't priced into tips, and so the front end of the tips curve went went bananas, went straight up um, because you're going to get paid out more. And in fact, um, if you have I-bonds and you're waiting for the new coupon, which is going to be struck in May, um, this helps your new coupon. um, The NSA number does. Uh, Month on month, came in at 0.52, core 0.41, basically on schedule, a little bit higher than expected. So all is good, right? Well, not exactly. So what people were generally expecting was, like I said, a broadly weak number with some one-off positive surprises, (laughs) instead what they got was something which was a broadly strong number with some one-off uh, negative surprises and that's a very different it's a very different outcome it's a broadly strong versus broadly sw- a weak number so for example used cars which uh, a lot of observers thought because of Mannheim showing used car prices actually went up last month they thought that used cars in CPI would be would, would be an ad it was actually a a, a, a a a subtraction. It was minus 2% or so, 1.9% month-on-month, which was more in line with Black Book. Black Book has a higher correlation. And so I wasn't terribly surprised by that. But what that means is all else being equal, just having that one piece of information, you should have expected a lower than expected core number, right? Um, Because that was a surprise. We... Also, you were looking for something positive out of medical care. Guess what? Medical care fell four-tenths of a percent. The the subcategory of medical care um, fell four-tenths of a percent month on month. So again, those should have given you a lower core number rather than a higher. So what that means is that you had a broadly stronger number than you thought that had these negative surprises. Um, And again, that's a very different. Uh, sort of thing. Now I do find it very funny as people look at this number and they, they try to be, you know, initially, uh, initially stocks kind of went down and then, and then, and then jumped a lot because people started looking, started looking at, and, and you know, you can kind of tell where, where are the axes, right? So people started talking about how month on month super core was only 0.27% for January. Okay. So that showed, you know, an easing pressure on super core um, monthly, you're looking at monthly. That's what you're relying on. Supercore, Supercore is what you're going to be, you know, hanging your hat on. January, January is a pretty crazy volatile month anyway, and lots of reweightings. And so you're going to look at a January number, and that's going to be a big deal. Are you kidding me? If that's what you're relying on, if that's how you're going to get a bullish read out of this, then you already know that that you're you're in trouble. Okay, if that's what you, if that's how deep you have to dig to get a positive spin then it's, then you should be looking at a negative spin. Um, look, let's, you know, we had core goods prices, core goods, inflation went down to 1.4% year on year. And here's the fundamental problem. Okay. If you think inflation is going to go down to two and you already have core goods, which includes used cars. Okay. Which went down 2% month on month, but we've kind of, they're not going to go down a lot further. um, You've got core goods at 1.4. They're not going to go to negative 5. Okay? So you've gotten, you've squeezed everything you can, all the juice you can out of core goods. Now you get a little bit more of a drag there, but not much more. So it's got to come down to core services. And so you need to see rents decline or decelerate. And They decelerated slightly, although part of that was a, a quirky... Effect because we had an, a large increase in piped gas, which is utilities, and and if you if you pay for your rent and rent and utilities are included, um, essentially, with a BLS has to back out those utilities. So if you have a large rise in utilities and your rent didn't change, it makes it look like rent went down. So so we had slightly lower uh, primary rents and and owner's equivalent rent for this month. But we're still talking 0.7 percent month on month, so they're still pretty high. Um, not, <laughs> not you know, and there's no no sign that they've peaked and are coming down yet. Um, core services x rents also, you know, roughly kind of the the same sort of number we've been getting. Not much has changed from that, and and that's the category. And I guess that's partly what people are looking at, super core. But the interesting thing about core services x rents is after rents, it's the second most sticky set of categories. And that's the thing we've, we've pointed this out before in this podcast. That's where you get the, the price-wage sort of feedback loop going because that's where all the wage slaves live is in core services x rents And if you look at wages, so if you look at the Atlanta Fed's wage growth tracker – you can see that wages for job changers um, are are coming off the boil a little bit. They're still up seven percent or so year on year, but they're they're starting to decelerate a little bit. But for job stayers, people have been in the same job for a whole year. Um, those wages are pretty steadily going up five and a half percent a year. And so we ha- although we've seen in in the uh, payrolls average hourly earnings number a deceleration in wages, that's a horrible number. And we shouldn't be looking at that. If you look at a a better wage indicator, there does not seem to be a broad-based significant slowdown in wages. And there does not, concomitantly, there's not a broad-based significant deceleration in core services x rents And those two things feed into each other. We need to see that break and go lower. We need to see rents break and go lower. Um, before you have, before you can say that we're going to get anywhere in the vicinity of 2% anytime soon. Um, but they're not. And so right now, they are not going to – you can't count on them helping to push things lower. So going forward and going forward, you're not going to get any help from used cars. You're not going to get much more help from airfares. Airfares fell another 2% this month. I haven't the faintest idea how because every time I look at airfares – you know the airfare from from Newark to San Antonio right now is about 600 bucks which is insane um, but somehow we have used care, used uh, you have airfare CPI declining i don't i don't get it you're not going to get a whole bunch of uh, additional help from the medical care side of things um, health insurance you know that that health insurance thing is kind of steadily dragging a little bit every every month but it's not going to get any worse than we already know So you have all those things and it's really hard to see how you're going to get to, um, you know, a number that's going to make the Federal Reserve feel like things are heading in the right direction. Or for that matter, to get it to a point where any of us feels like it's heading in the right direction and where we want it to be. Um, One final point here, and this goes kind of to the whole distribution, um, you know, the fact that we have a broad-based increase with some negative one-offs as opposed to A broad-based deceleration with some positive one-offs. Median CPI came out, and uh, and my calculation of it was was way off, and I am not entirely sure why. But but the month-on-month median uh, CPI that's calculated by the Cleveland Fed was 0.65 percent, which is about the third highest number we've had for the entire move. Um, I. Don't exactly know which category it was that ended up being the median, but the but I guess the point is that moves the the year-on-year median CPI to seven point oh eight. That's a new high. I was fairly convinced that that we'd we'd had the high in core inflation. Yes, we know that we've had the the high in headline for a while, and and I believed that we that the headline of median inflation was in. It's now not entirely clear that's true. We haven't. Well, it's not true. We we unless this month was the high, the median, the, the high is not in. Um, so I, I do feel like it's close, but, um, but again, that sort of speaks to the whole point that this is sort of a broad based increase. So long story short, this is, there's nothing soothing about this number. There's nothing wonderful about a, a, uh, you know, 0.42%, uh, 0. 0.4, core, which is around a 5% annualized rate. That's not where anyone wants it to be. It's got a ways to go. But there's nothing in this number that suggests that it's going to get there anytime soon. My forecast for 2023 is still median inflation somewhere between 4 and 5. And it's it would be a miracle to get it to two. It would be something less of a miracle to get it to three. Anything under four, we should be pretty darn happy about um, on median inflation. And, and honestly, it's starting to look like there's some risk that it won't get to five. So um, that's, the, uh, that's where we are today. And that's the result of the, and that's what uh, today, this month's CPI uh, inflation report has to say. And so that's all for today's uh, podcast. Again, if you want to get these things in real time on CPI Morning, then you can go to inflationguy.blog shop and subscribe. Um, you can go to and subscribe to the blog for free at inflationguy.blog. You can contact me, at enduringinvestments.com, and, uh, and the free Twitter is at inflation underscore guy. Visit Enduring Investments. And most importantly, of course, defend your money. And if inflation is coming for you, it looks like it is, remember, you know a guy.